Welcome to the Hunters and Unicorns 2020 Mastery Mission. Essential listening for sales professionals on the quest for mastery. Shorter episodes, huge impact. The 2020 Mastery Mission is sponsored by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Are you on the mission? Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. Welcome to Hunters and Unicorns, the 2020 Mastery Mission. 20 topics, 20 guests, 20 minutes. We're here to unlock the tribal wisdom from the legends of tech sales to help you get one step closer to mastery. I'm Simon Kutis and I'm joined by my co-host, Oli Kune. Good afternoon, morning, evening, everyone. Wherever you may be, in and the world. we are absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> and we're absolutely delighted to welcome Carl Kearns. Carl, welcome to the show. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Ollie. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. On the show today, Carl. Thanks very much. Indeed. In the way of an introduction, Carl, you're currently regional sales director at Starburst, but you came from a very humble beginning, shall we say, uh, starting in recruitment, and then transition into str and within a period of eight years you found yourself from recruitment str into becoming a a regional director and you've really developed a reputation as you know being that first man on the ground ic hunter had success at databricks and now starburst kind of repeating the trick 20 minutes could you please introduce your topic okay the topic i'm going to speak to today is all around accountability and the importance of accountability particularly in pre-ipo early stage sort of series a through to d stage organizations and tech companies the reason i'm passionate about this and i believe that it's really important is that you know people join pre-ipo companies and there's a big craze to do so but the reality is particularly in the early days it is really hard it's a proper hustle. It's, you know, you lack data points. There's not necessarily a clear-cut sales process. You're trying to find repeatability, but it, but it's hard. So as a topic, that's something that I'm passionate about and we're going to talk to in more detail today. Yeah, as a subject, you know, especially for us, you know, being in the recruitment game, you know, every salesperson, everybody we speak to wants to be part of uh, the next big or next exciting pre-IPO company. But but why is it so important to, to, to really think about these considerations and to to understand whether a pre-IPO company is right for you? It's a, it's, a, it's a great question. And you're absolutely right and spot on that, you know, people are going after those pre-IPO companies. And I think the, the reality soon kicks in, it particularly did at me in the last two companies I've been in, where... You know, there's, there's no brand awareness. People don't know who you are. You're trying to crack into large enterprise accounts, you know, particularly for my team right now and in the enterprise roles, you're trying to break into banks and large CPG manufacturers. It's really hard without having that brand awareness. So, you know, people, people are chasing, you know, the dream to get into a pre-IPO company because of course, you know, there is the, the potential that that company could get multiple rounds of funding, high valuation, and you know, make significant money as an IC along the way. But yeah, the reality is that in the early days, without that sales process, without that repeatability being clear cut, it is really, really hard. And what happens if you get this wrong? What sort of you know, what sort of impact can that have on somebody? One of the big things, and you know, the things that I look to with my team, and like as an IC, that I was always really like looking at was focus and like focusing in like a set number of accounts. Because the reality is, if you've got you know, 50 to 100 accounts that are large sort of 
global accounts, right? That are very complicated. They've got multiple different BUs and different stakeholders. You know, I'm selling, and my team are selling like a technical product, right? So we see we deal with the IT, we deal with the business. You know, th that complexity is very challenging and it can take a long time to land deals and then even, you know, even longer just to like figure out a way to get into the accounts so or prospecting and PGing into the right accounts and having that focus early on is really, really important. So what are the first steps, but what does it take to, to thrive, you know, in this type of environment as a as an IC? And, and I suppose what are your first priorities when you first land into into a new kind of pre-IPO first man on the ground? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, look, again, right, on the topic of accountability, you don't typically have data points there. So you don't know, for example, how many how many new business meetings do you need to do in order to progress an opportunity? How many meetings in an account do you need to do to actually progress into a proof of concept? How many proof of concepts do you need to do to land an initial deal? So for me, around the topic of accountability, like the first thing I've done uh, in the last two organizations I've been in, I've started to collect data points about the business which I'm running, right? So that's weekly data points to understand, you know, how many meetings am I doing in a week? How many of them are NBMs, new business meetings? How many of them are impact meetings? How many of them are partner meetings as well? So for me, one of the things, first things I do is it is a manual process and there are tools that you can, you know, there's some automation that can support you with this. But personally, for me, I love doing it personally, the manual way. So, you know, every Sunday I would review my business, right? The previous week and the week ahead, how many new business meetings have I got set up for that week? What are the key impact meetings that I've got set up for that week? And collecting that data becomes really, really important, particularly when, you know, you start to land deals sort of six, nine months in, when you start to land these enterprise accounts, you can reflect back on that data and then you can understand, you know, how many meetings did it take to land that organization? Um, you know, how many partners were involved as a result of this? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So that that collecting that data and sort of you know being accountable to that is really important and is always one of the first things that I do when I join an early stage company. So, Carl, in our discovery call, you spoke about impact meetings. C can you define your definition of an impact meeting and why it's beneficial? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, for me, the definition of an impact meeting is it, it is a deal progression meeting. Okay, so it's a meeting in a given week or a meeting that's due to be set up that is going to progress your deal. So that could be, for example, a legal conversation. It could be a procurement conversation. It could be a champion meeting. It could be an economic buyer meeting that's going to, like, you know, progress your deal forward. And they're the, they are, those meetings and new business meetings are the most important ones to track. And for me, if you've got a deal and commit or upside, upside best case, however you define it in your organization, you should be having impact meetings at least one every single week in the accounts. And, and arguably, you know, this is what I say to my team, if you don't have uh, impact meeting in, you know, an upside or a commit deal that you're, you're forecasting for that quarter, is it really an upside or a commit deal? Like there should be champion meetings in there weekly, sometimes twice a week, right? If that's an in-quarter deal, you know, the deal's two, two, three months, maybe weeks away from closing. You speak speaking to your champion on a weekly basis. So that's that's what an impact meeting is to me. It's really deal deal progression and, and sort of just deal stability as well, which is gonna help you with your forecast. And you know, the, the, the impact meetings and tracking that is important, particularly for you know the upside and the commit deals, because if you're not having the impact meetings 
they're spending it most likely with someone else, right? And that someone else might not be, you know, their internal meetings. That could that could be with another vendor or one of your competitors. So being all over your impact meetings, sort of tracking them and making sure that you're, you know, scheduling them on a weekly basis, whether it be just general cadence you've got with, you know, with your champion or, you know, with an EB, for example, is really critical, particularly in the early days, right? When you're starting to really kind of figure things out, that, that's when it's really important. How does this context then help with the quality control, Kyle? The impact meetings, you know, the, the deal progression meetings, the quality of them is really, really important and it's critical for repeatability. So definitely they're the ones which, you know, you need to be really strict on your time with and tracking them because they, you land a deal, you'll understand a bit more around their buying process. Looking at the impact meetings that had to happen to land that deal, there could be some key people that get involved that you've never heard of and all of a sudden they come in at the final stage and they want to negotiate. So tracking that and being aware of the various different impact meetings that have to happen to land the deal will be extremely valuable to you as you're looking at an expansion because you know their decision process, you know who key stakeholders are, and you know that you know sometimes there are other people that need to be convinced. And for an expansion deal, it's likely there's definitely, I mean, it's definitely the case that there's gonna be more, even more people involved in that decision process because your deal is going to be bigger. So what are some of the mistakes that people make when it comes to creating personal accountability? Rushing to get to those impact meetings, rushing to get in deals, rushing to run the first technical validation, proof of concept, proof of value, whatever it might be. So tracking the PG activity, the number of new business meetings that you're truly having, like, so by new business meetings, right? Like, you know, there's lots of definitions that are thrown around. But really, it's you know getting into a new business unit, speaking to someone of influence that you know can ultimately sort of drive momentum and you know get you to an impact meeting at some stage and some form of deal progression and get you in the door. So you know tracking BMs and tracking pipeline added on a weekly basis and not just at the early stage pipeline, but then tracking the pipeline that progresses from you know you get the different Salesforce stages from like a stage one through to a stage two and beyond. Is, is the most important thing you can really do in as a new rep, as a new AE when you're starting in, a, in, in any company, really, right? That's not just an early stage company because the expectation is that, you know, you're there to add pipelines. So you're basically an SDR again, and that should be your mindset. You should literally just be day in, day out prospecting. Um, but not like just again, like, you know, another topic around that, and it's, 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 it's related to the question around the, the mistake. Don't just go in there prospecting without doing research. You've got your account list, 15 to 25 accounts, research them, right? Spend time researching them. Like, honestly, like if you want to make your career out of let's say three to five accounts in the company which you're in, right? Research that account, spend a day. Honestly, spend a day. Okay, to this account, if you truly believe it fits in with the ICP and it fits in with, you know, it's gonna be your million dollar account plus, in the next 18 months, right? Then spend the time researching that. So your top three to five accounts should have a high level of research in there where, you know, you understand like how they make money, you understand the different revenue streams, you know, you, you've got a good overview in their organizations. Again, like, you know, I, I work for a, it's a company that sells a technical product. So understanding the tech stack for us is really important. You know, have they got data in the cloud? Is the data sitting on, you know, on-premise hardware? For example, that's the types of things that we look at, but really doing that research is, is critical. 
and knowing who that you're going to target and having a point of view when you prospect into those people because you want to do smart prospecting, not just, you know, pick up the phone, cold call them and, you know, hopefully get somewhere. If you can talk to them about one of their projects, talk to them about, you know, something that's related to them, there's a higher chance that they're going to, you know, like stay on the call or at least take a call with you if you're sort of prospecting via email. So Carl, just reflecting on the on the point that you've just made, you, you're obviously talking about the fact it's important to to also reflect on the fact that you know you shouldn't just go steaming in. But how how does it help you to remain accountable, not beating yourself up for not just getting the PG done and really being kind of in control of where you are? in the deal cycle how, how does this how does this kind of tell us a bit about this mindset of not just accelerating but really how does the data help you know where you are and what you need to do and how to step forward from where you are right now like i get i mentioned it but when you when you're new in a company like you really are an sdr right when you're an ic you're coming in you you are an sdr so having that focus on the right accounts and just not giving up so the the nbms is key because you're not going to just like outbound into one organization have one meeting and then all of a sudden you've got you know a million dollar opportunity it just doesn't work that way so the accountability is key is really key because i mean you'll spend for example weeks so you say, let's say for example right you said let's do a day a day research into an account and you map out all the key people that you want to get to in all the key channels that you want to leverage or the partners, the hyperscalers, leveraging your internal ecosystem around prospecting to get into that account, to surround it, right? It takes time to plan on that, right? And you have to do multiple MBMs. So holding yourself accountable to get around the business. And, you know, if you have examples in the US, for example, with a financial services organization where there's business driven use cases that are successful, right, that you can talk to, that that's going to help you and you should be prospecting around that. And I think like, you know, one account a week, I think from, I mean, for me is, is, is enough because I mean, if, if you take like a large, you know, you get some of the largest banks and retailers here in the UK, right. There's just so much opportunity in there. If you're working on that for like a day, then you go to your next account and your next account and you're doing like three big accounts in a week and trying to hold yourself accountable to that you're really gonna struggle. So like one account, you, know, you could have it for two, three weeks to yourself, really to penetrate it, to prospect into it, to get all over it, to leverage the ecosystem, um, to have all the various different NBN meetings that you that you need to have. Um, so holding yourself accountable is a case of focus, right? Make sure you've got a plan, make sure you've got a strategy around your prospecting. And then again, back to the internal accountability, if you've got an SDR or BDR, making sure that they're on board with what your strategy is, right? Don't just give your SDR an account without a point of view around it. Don't just say, hey, like, you know, please, can you just get me three meetings in account this week? Spend the time with them on your weekly one-to-one -one with your SDR, sort of setting them up for success for the week. This is an account that I want to spend the next two to three weeks getting all over. This is why. This is how we plan to do it. These are the key people. This is the why, right? This is why we're going after this account. And that focus and being accountable to that focus is then going to make your SDR really successful because they know why they're going after that account. And they've got all the context and all your research. So they can they can cold call into someone 
across the whole business and have a point of view, right? Or if, for example, the CIO just happens to call call you back, call the SDR back, they understand that account. They've got a point of view on that account. So, yeah, that 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 focus in and not just jumping around different accounts on a week by week basis is how you hold yourself accountable. So once you've obviously started to collect the data, what, what, what are you then doing with that data? So for, for me, it's like, you know, like, like I said, it's like every Sunday I sort of would set myself up, I put an hour or two aside and I'd review the week ahead. And for example, right, let's say you're saying, right, this week I'm focusing on this large bank. It's like a top five account for me. How much prospecting activity are you putting into that bank in that given week? So like it's from like that going into that week, if you're not putting the right amount of prospecting into that account, or for example, you've got a deal that you're committing or a deal that you've got an upside best case. If you don't have a meeting in that account in that next week, I would challenge, you know, I challenge my team, but I would challenge myself when I was an IC, that how can I be committing a deal if I don't have one single meeting in the diary with that organization next week, you know, like not one champion meeting, don't have like, you know, one one sort of like check-in point with legal, check-in point with procurement, or I'm not prospecting to go further and wider in the account to potentially drive a bigger deal or to get to more use cases, I would be, you know, sort of challenging myself. So I would use it on a weekly basis, for example, to impact my business every single week. But then like where you get the most value out of it is when you review it on a quarterly basis, right? So say, for example, you land two net new logos and you're running your QBR and you're looking at these the data points that you've collected throughout that quarter on a week-by-week -week basis. You can know, right? I can tell you right now, like I you know, landed, a, landed a, a deal here in the UK and it took it was 74 meetings to land that account, right? And I could tell you the breakdown of those meetings, right? How many of them were champion meetings on a one-to-one -one basis? How many of them, for example, were like technical workshops? Then I could tell you, you know, the length of the proof of concept, how long that took, and the key impact meetings that happened along the way, including the whole ecosystem that was involved around it. Our solution here at Starburst is, is, is in the cloud and, you know, having worked at Databricks is in the cloud as well. So these hyperscalers and then the clouds um, play a big part in the deals that we're working as well. So, you know, we, we spend a lot of time with them within our ecosystem as well. And they, they obviously count towards the deal as well. So um, that's the most important thing when you're retrospectively looking back, because then you're saying, okay, like the cost of acquisition in terms of time to land a new logo is a lot, right? And if you think about it, if, you've, if you're hunting after like 50 accounts, you're really going to struggle because you're spreading yourself way too thin. If you know it takes 74 meetings across like a nine-month period to land a net new logo of X dollar value, then, you know, you need to prioritize your time. And as an IC, time is your worst enemy because there's only so many hours in the day and you need to be spending your time in the right accounts and the right opportunities with the right people. Um, so, it's, it's, you know, it's obviously that opportunity cost and looking at where do you, do you need to and where should you be spending yeah. your time. But obviously data becomes more accurate the more data you have than, I suppose, within a startup when you're taking new emerging technology to market. Those data points are going to be limited and there's not going to be as much data how do you then start accurately accurately forecasting the number of meetings then you need to have when it comes to data points to, to enable you to be able to to secure that deal it's, it is a really good question and i would say like it, what you tell i mean there's technologies now that can be invested in that can help collect this data and like don't get me wrong like i, I obsess over the data i enjoy manually collecting it 
But if you speak to quite a lot of ICs, are they really going to enjoy spending one, two hours a week collecting data sort of manually when it can actually be automated, right, via certain sales automation tools that exist at the moment? So that definitely helps in terms of the collection of the data because some people are very successful in early stage companies that they figured it out before in early stage companies. They know how to sell. They're like phenomenal champion builders. They've got a great route to money. These like data points can be different for different type of people. Um, so, I mean, like, how does it scale? It, it's, it's via, you know, automation tools, sales automation tools, um, because that's where, you know, the repeatability can, you know, can come off the back of that. I suppose I want to get back to the whole kind of internal accountability versus external accountability, Carl. This is something that you talk a lot about. So just, just tell us a little bit about how you define the difference and, and what you mean and what the kind of the, the, the tenants yeah, are. Yeah, definitely. So like we, we've been talking about external accountability, right? So that's tracking your kind of key data points that you're, you know, you're holding yourself accountable to in your business that you're sort of re- reflecting back on. So that's, you know, the MBMs and key impact meetings and deals and your prospecting focus week in, week out, right? So that's how you hold yourself accountable as an IC. The internal one's really interesting and is, in, in my opinion, equally as important, right? And, and the reason that is, is internal accountability, like, you know, you've got, um, for example, you've got customer success, you've got marketing, you know, particularly in early stage companies, which I've joined, it's been a, a fairly technical product, right? So you've got like a solution architect or a solution engineer, however, maybe called in your organization, but you've also got, you know, founding teams that, you know, are, are C, CEO, CTO, like, you know, you've got technical people, you've got business people, but like back to the same point and why it's related, it is really hard to sell in an early stage company and leveraging the internal ecosystem and building your internal brand is really, really important. Where, I, where I've seen the most value in it is it's like, you've landed a deal and then you're looking at expansion. So, you know, last two organizations I've worked in, it's, it's, it's a land and expand and it's a consumption-based pricing model and it's a consumption-based consumption based world, right? So you'll land a deal typically in like, you know, one use case or two use cases, maybe more, but just in terms of in general, right? You land a couple of use cases and then it's a case of more and more internal stakeholders start to get involved, right? Because we sell services, so customer success are involved. You may have like a post-sales solution architect that gets involved, right? But as an AE, you make the most money in that upsell because your land is going to be, could be a six-figure land, but, you know, the reality is the expansion could be two, three, five, ten times that. So for our listeners and for our viewers, what are the things that they should try on the back of you know the things that we've spoken about today yeah so definitely i mean let's maybe start on the external side of things in terms of external accountability right like you know my advice is you know if if you're new in a company or even if you're not new in a company it's like an early stage company and you're you're trying to figure things out you kind of you know your prospect you've got your account list you you picked up your prospecting you know you're starting to leverage all the channels to get in the door track it right like just, you know, again, I use the spreadsheet, however you want to do it, but just start to track your activity, right? So track things such as how many net new business meetings, like true net new business meetings, right? Are you having on a, on a weekly basis, right? And then also looking at the number of meetings that you're having in, in the accounts where you've got active opportunities as well. I would also, again, like I'm a very partner centric person and like my, my strategy is all around sort of partner first, 
uh, and it always has been, right? So leveraging the ecosystem. Look at the meetings that are happening within your accounts as well. Yeah, amazing. Great, great uh, tips there. And I think, you know, we, we've, we've certainly taken a lot from there. So this is the time when we kind of reflect on what we've heard today. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, the topic is all about what do you do as a first man on the ground, first person on the ground, you know, in, in a startup where you haven't got perhaps a track record, um, you know, maybe there's some use cases in the US, but maybe not so much in in, in, in in a mirror, you know, what are your priorities? And, and the choice of words that you've used are accountability, external, internal accountability, because it's not just about collecting data, it's about holding yourself accountable to that and the rigor and the workflow and the operating rhythm and the analysis. And the, it's really f looking for the efficiencies and, and the effectiveness and, and, and really tracking the data to be able to then create a blueprint for repeatable success. And I think one of the things that, you know, we hear from, from, from we've heard from you today and many others is that, you know, in order to really go and start smashing the number out of the park, you need to have that consistency and it's about avoiding those, those peaks and troughs. So I think, you know, looking at internal uh, accountability, you know, really s leveraging your support network around you and then really being accountable to the data. I think this is this, this is the key to, to to the main theme of what we've heard today, Carl. And I think it's been a fantastic topic and thank you so much for your contribution. So to all our viewers and listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this session. If you've liked what you've heard, please do share, subscribe and like. But a massive thank you to you, Carl, for coming and joining us on the show sharing your wisdom it's been absolutely fantastic we've really enjoyed having you on the show um, but we'd like to welcome everybody back for another mastery session soon thank you so much have you enjoyed the session today be sure to let us know how you got on with the tips and please help others discover our series by sharing and liking our content are you on the mission the 2020 Mastery Mission is brought to you by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Check out somuchsoap.com for more information. <laughs>